Before we go, we'd like to catch you up on the news of the week and give you a preview of what's ahead on the city's calendar. This is What's New and What's Next. It's been a busy week for protests and demonstrations. Thousands of young people from around the Bay Area and their adult supporters flooded Market Street today in a climate strike. I spoke to a few of them about climate justice, why they chose to march in San Francisco, and how they want adults with power to respond. My name is Isabella Zizi. I'm a member of Idol No More SF Bay, and I come from the Northern Cheyenne, Arikara, and Muscogee Creek tribes, and I'm 25 years old. Grew up in Richmond, California, Ohlone Territory, uh, under the shadows of the Chevron Refinery. I'm here at the march, like, so honored to support the youth and to be uh, with the indigenous delegation here. Um, we're small, but we're really mighty and really making a presence for ourselves. My name's Anaya Butler, and I'm 13 years old. I feel like that people are finally going to listen to us because people expect the youth not to have a voice, and they shut us out because they think we don't care about anything, but we do. We care about our futures, and we care about our communities, and we care about the earth itself. Earlier this week, hundreds of demonstrators took to the streets of the Mission District and demanded an end to the federal government's treatment of immigrants and asylum seekers at the U.S.-Mexico border. They also called for the closure of detention camps, the ending of the separation of families, and immigration raids, all according to Mission Local. Health workers, homeless advocates, and others shut down a health commission hearing this week. They were protesting plans to fold 41 permanent mental health beds at the city's general hospital into temporary beds in a respite center. One nurse told the commission that organizers were requesting that eviction notices issued to facility residents be rescinded. Mission Local reports that they were not, and the meeting was not resumed. We spoke with Mission Local reporter and managing editor Joe Eskenazi about the saga earlier this week. Here's what he had to say about the logic of trading permanent for temporary beds. It just so happens the mayor has a drive to create a 1,000 shelter beds by a finite time, and this would be 41 more of them. Protesters also turned out to greet Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson at a public housing community in San Francisco. A handful of protesters met Carson at the Petrero Terrace Complex carrying signs that read, House Keys, Not Handcuffs. According to Curbed, Carson turned down an invitation to meet with Mayor London Breed. She has asked for more financial assistance from the federal government to address homelessness. President Donald Trump was also in the Bay Area this week, and on his way back, he too chimed in on the homelessness crisis. Trump suggested the city would be put on notice by the Environmental Protection Agency that its homelessness problem was causing environmental damage. Speaking with reporters aboard Air Force One, he cited waste like needles flowing into the ocean. Mayor Breed called that ridiculous and denied that debris flows into the bay or the ocean from San Francisco's sewer system. Lastly, some lighter news. The San Francisco Library is going, as they put it, fabulously fine-free. As of the beginning of the week, the library has eliminated overdue fines. All outstanding overdue fines were cleared from all patron records. However, Library users are still responsible for fees for replacement of lost or damaged books. 
Why end late fees? The library actually studied this in a partnership with the San Francisco Financial Justice Project from the Treasurer's Office. The study found that ending overdue fees had a few advantages, including increased patron access, optimizing library staff time, and reducing inequitable impacts of late fees. Plus, the library claims research shows that overdue fines actually do not ensure borrowed materials end up back on the shelves. That's what's new. Here's what's next. The San Francisco Examiner reports that around 100 residents of Treasure Island could be displaced after new development there is completed. That's because they moved there after a deal was signed that gave existing residents of the island the right to move into new units that are being built. On Tuesday, Supervisor Matt Haney introduced a resolution urging that the agency that oversees operations and new development on Treasure Island expand transition benefits to those left out. But the resolution is non-binding and would have to be approved with a vote by the Treasure Island Development Authority Board. Haney said he plans to bring the resolution to that board next month, so we'll keep you posted on where this thing goes. Here are a few items of note coming up at the next Board of Supervisors meeting. That's Tuesday, September 24th, starting at 2 p.m. The board will consider a change in the legislative findings in support of Indigenous Peoples Day, notably adding references to several regional tribes that were left out in the first version. There's also a change to the language describing what caused the near decimation of Indigenous communities of the region. It's recommended to go from European migration to colonization and genocide. The change doesn't affect existing law, which already recognizes the second Monday in October as Indigenous Peoples Day. Supervisors will also consider a law preventing large hotels from converting rooms into condos. The law passed in 2005 and had a sunset provision in place that has been renewed several times. Under this legislation, the law would become a permanent ban on such conversions. The board will take up another measure to create a new street-level drug dealing task force to come up with plans to reduce drug dealing in the Tenderloin, Civic Center, Mid-Market, and South of Market neighborhoods. Supervisors will also consider creating a preference in the city's affordable housing programs for certain temporarily displaced tenants. The preference would be for people temporarily evicted from their apartments because the landlord is making capital improvements or doing rehabilitation work. The proposal also comes with a requirement that landlords prove they have given the tenant a chance to return to their former unit. That right to return is part of the city's rent ordinance. The city wouldn't issue a certificate of completion for the improvements unless the landlord offers that proof. The board could also vote to completely scrap the city's fire code and replace it with a new version. The new regulations drawn from state and international fire codes, with some tweaks specific to the city, would go into effect January 2020 if approved. This has been What's New and What's Next, brought to you by the team behind Civic from the San Francisco Public Press. The music you're hearing is by the Blue Dot Sessions. Hear more at sessions.blue. Thanks for listening.